MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oregon State was one of my plays last week. Uh, I I had to uh, call in some favors to figure out a way to get this game on my television last uh, Saturday (laughs) night. Made it happen. Watched every second of Oregon State and USC. Uh, I was a little... I don't want to say disappointed. I was surprised that Oregon State's offense couldn't get more going against USC. I was happy with the outcome. Uh, I did have a little on the money line, so I was hoping that the Beavers could pull that game outright, and they were up late in that game. Uh, The defense was solid uh, against Caleb Williams and company. Now a new test, and and similar to the game we just talked about, right? Wake Forest goes to double overtime at home, loses to Clemson. Oregon State, what a crowd it was in Corvallis. Right there, leading in the third quarter, or fourth quarter, Jordan Addison sneaks into the end zone, and they lose by three. Now you go on the road to elevation to Utah. Where are you in this game with Oregon State at Utah? You know, and USC just had a couple better athletes. That's what it came down to. Mm-hmm. Made, made a play to win a game. I didn't think Caleb Williams, to be honest. He, he wasn't was, very good. wasn't very good in that he was game. 16 for 36. Yeah. And, you know, I did the Pac-12 preview for the VCN College Football Betting Guide, and I thought there was maybe only a few defenses in the Pac-12 that could slow down USC. Oregon State's won. Utah's obviously won. Uh, Beavers did a great job. They led that game until 1.15 to go, and Tim... If you had told me before the game that Chance Nolan's going to throw four picks, I would say, let me off these yeah. Oregon State bets. No thanks. No, I don't want these. I don't want this money on the Beavers. He throws four picks and they still have the lead late. So I think you have to give the uh, uh, Beavers some credit for that. Now, when I look at this Utah game, too, uh, the top receiver who's a tight end mm-hmm. for Utah, Brent Kaith. Yeah, he's out. He's out for the season. Kyle Whittingham called that quote a big blow to the offense. Is Oregon State, they still are missing their tight end too, yeah. though, the big boy. Musgrave. Yeah. Luke Musgrave is out as well. So you could say those cancel each other out, but Oregon State's kind of had figured to play. it out. Yeah. Kind of, well, I don't know if they figured yeah, it out. Yeah, but they've, they've had, had to deal with it. I guess they've the better had to way to deal put with it yeah. the last couple weeks. Uh, ten and a half is uh, higher. I made the number here seven and a half. So I'm taking a little of 
perceived extra value on my part with the road dog here. Oregon State, don't forget, won on the road at USC last year and dominated the Trojans at the Coliseum. This team can win on the road in the Pac-12, and Jonathan Smith's been a great underdog coach, Tim. You know the trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was on Oregon State with you last week, and I'm going to stick with uh, the Beavers here. I, I think this is – Utah's kind of been coasting against some pretty weak opposition since the Florida game. And I think this is going to be another one of those games that should go down to the wire. I'd be disappointed if the Beavers are not really competitive here. Yeah, this game, uh, 11, I think maybe noon at local uh, up there in Salt Lake City. Uh, kind of helps, too, that it's not a night game. Not I a think. night game yeah. there. Uh, this will be on the, uh, the good old Pac-12 network. All right, a game that I think you and I both have a play on. This is a game that I did write up uh, for vsin.com. 4 p.m. Eastern SEC Network, 17th-ranked Texas A&M against Mississippi State. Already talked about the potential of a look-ahead spot there for uh, for Alabama. I would say it's a look-ahead spot maybe a little bit for Texas A&M. You could say it's a letdown spot. They just beat their rival in Arkansas. They've had back-to-back top 15 wins, but maybe you could put an asterisk by one of those because their win two weeks ago against Miami, Matt, uh, doesn't look so great right now because they got absolutely <laughs> thumped by Middle Tennessee yeah. State. How about Miami, by the way? Tyler Van Dyke has been benched. His his uh, roommate, the best receiver on the team, did not play against Texas A&M. Uh, the Hurricanes lose as 25-point home favorites to Middle Tennessee. First, first, wow. uh, first victory. But you're right. All of a sudden, that Texas A&M win over Miami doesn't look so impressive, does it? So I look at Mississippi State in this spot. Uh, last week, they kind of got to work out some kinks. They played Bowling Green. They won uh, going away. Will Rogers threw six touchdowns in that game. Will Rogers, his third year in this system under Mike Leach, wasn't the full-time starter three years ago. He's been completing 74% of his passes, Matt. Um, you know, I knew they do, they do have the loss to LSU, uh, a game that you were on uh, a couple weeks ago here on the podcast. I, I really like Mississippi State in this spot. Now, it's up to three and a half. I did lay the three and a half. Uh, I got a little creative, and I'll get to the other half of, uh, of a money line parlay uh, a little bit later on the show. But I do like Mississippi State here in this spot. This thing opened as low as one at some spots in town. I wish I had gotten in early under a field goal. It is a relatively low total. But you look at Texas A&M, Matt offensively they're averaging uh, uh, 321 yards per game that's 107th nationally but if you remove their season opening win against fcs sam houston state they're averaging 262 yards per game in their last three games matt against app state a loss at home miami and arkansas they have been outgained by an average of 112 yards per game those three opponents have accrued 32 more first downs. And to add insult to injury, Texas A&M doesn't have a whole lot of playmakers. Anaya Smith, their leading wide receiver, done for the year with a leg injury. Um, I really like Mississippi State here in this spot. I think it's a it's a tricky situational spot for the Aggies. And uh, you know those cowbells are going to be ringing all game long. Uh, give me the Bulldogs. And uh, I will lay the three and a half. And uh, I'll put it in a, a money line parlay, too, with uh, another spot here, too. I was going to say, by the hook. Yeah. It's, it's a low enough total. Uh, Would you say, Matt, let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. we talked about teasers. Buying points in college usually isn't the best route to go. However, with a total of around 45, would you say buying the hook here would be uh, 
a wiser in, in vise, uh, investment than, than normal? Well, like you said early in the show, I'm much older than you, and I've, <laughs> I've bet a lot more games over the years, and nothing ticks you off more than when you lay three and a half on a game and the team wins by three. <laughs> yeah. And I'll give you a, a quick story. Before the Super Bowl last year, uh, the opener on the uh, rams Bengals game, I think, was uh, three and a half, and it went up to four mm-hmm. or four and a half, and uh, JVT – runs into me outside the studio before the show on Monday, and he's like, I laid three and a half with the Rams. I, I said, why did you do that? Don't lay, don't lay the hook, you know, and stuff like that. Never lay the hook on three. I never recommend buying the hook, unless it's on three in football. <laughs> buy the hook, okay? <laughs> because you're going to lose a lot of games, and mathematicians might uh, dispute the strategy. But believe me, you're going to have – it's worth it for the peace of mind too, because you hate laying, you hate to having the three and the hook hanging out there when the game's in the balance. And what happened in that playoff game, Tim? The Rams won by three. The Rams, in fact, won three consecutive playoff games by exactly three points. They did. Yes, they so, sure did. Uh, I don't. I, I laid three here with uh, by the hook with Mississippi State. You set a bets. It's a sandwich spot. You're off the Arkansas game. You got Alabama on deck. Your top wide receiver and NFL prospect, Anaya Smith, just went down for the season. It's already an A&M offense that's anemic. And um, I don't think, as much as we brag about, or some people brag about how tough this Aggies defense is, has it been tested by a really good passing offense yet? I would say no. Well, and they gave up a ton of yards to Arkansas. Right. They got outgained by 200-plus yards to Appalachian State. They just ran. I mean, Cameron Peoples is still running uh, right. down there in College Station. So they find ways. I would say they're a bit fortunate. I mean, to win a game on a missed field goal, to get a, a scoop and score for 80-plus yards. I, I, you know, and we talked about turnover regression didn't work out at USC they won plus they were plus four in that game still cover, did not cover thankfully um but I, I think the luck kind of runs out here they don't yeah, have a good offense uh you know quarterback situation Jimbo's just laying into Max Johnson any opportunity he can get yeah I, I just I, I feel like this is an opportunity for Mississippi State 0-1 to start the season don't you in, like in it better SEC. too the A&M was lucky to win that game against Absolutely. Arkansas? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So it's a better situational spot now to play Mississippi State. And I'll say this. You, you mentioned this, too. I love, and it's not blind, but I love when you've got a, a number 17 team catching points. People, are, people who don't invest as much time as you and many of our listeners say, well, I just the uh, ranked team's catching points. Yeah, I'll just give me the ranked team. You're like, mm-hmm. ah. Be careful there. So uh, I want to jump to a game that I actually paired this with, and maybe it's a risky situation. Um, I think I don't want to call it luck. It's been one of the better stories, Matt. But I paired Mississippi State with Iowa State. Now, Iowa State's coming off a loss. They travel to Kansas. Kansas has been the darling of the season. Everyone's, you know, stomping their fists and, you know, saying, why aren't they ranked? They should be ranked. I I think Kansas should be a ranked football team right now. They haven't played a defense like Iowa State yet. I think Iowa State's going to be hungry uh, in this spot. Kansas has covered seven straight games. Um, this line is at three. If I had to guess right now, this will be one of the more public dogs of the week in Kansas. So, When's uh, the last time you could say that? Too? Exactly. So uh, I put those two together. Uh, maybe it's a bit risky considering Iowa State's a road team, but uh, plus 165 was, uh, was what I got on a, a money line parlay, Mississippi State and Iowa State. Because I missed the three and a half, 
Uh, I still did take a little on the three and a half, but uh, I put more on Mississippi State, Iowa State money line because we'll see. We'll see if Kansas now, now the attention is on them, right? right? They won that game against Duke last week. They won it by eight. If you laid the set or took the seven, seven and a half, that was unfortunate there for you uh, with the Blue Devils. But yeah, I, this is in a series, and you mentioned it um, recently about Oklahoma having success against TCU. How about this? They have the last seven games. Iowa State and Kansas have played. Now you can say this about a lot of teams who play Kansas. <laughs> but Iowa State has won by an average of 28 points per game. They've dominated this series. Uh, so I'm going to put those two together for a plus 165 money line parlay. Yeah, if I had to play this game, I would play Iowa State. And I'm not a Matt Campbell guy necessarily. But I think this is one of those crashing back to earth spots a little bit for Kansas. Like you said, um, a lot of media hype all of a sudden. And who cares about the rankings, really? I, I think it's a big deal maybe for some of the people in Kansas to say, mm-hmm. hey, we're ranked for the first time since the fat man, Mark Mangino, was here. <laughs> By the way, he was a hell I say that out of admiration. They went to the Orange Bowl. Mark Mangino did one of the best coaching jobs of all time at Kansas. If they you think they went it. to the Orange yeah. They were number two in the country. At one point. And now you have uh, Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold doing a hell of a job, and he's probably going to move on after this year. But, man, what a great job he's done in Kansas. I think when you look at this number, it tells you to play Iowa State. Yeah. So I don't disagree with what you're doing here. All right. Uh, Friday night game. We don't usually get to Friday night games, but this one, it's another one of those lines that I I would deem a little stinky. Um, I really like Washington. Uh, I took a... I took a 12 to one on them uh, midseason, not not preseason. Once I saw how they were playing, and you look at the schedule, no USC, no no uh, no Utah. I said they could show up here in Las Vegas, and if they're here in a 12 to one ticket, hedging opportunity aplenty. Washington is on the road at UCLA. It's a late night game on Friday. The type of games that Matt and I love to uh, sit back and enjoy, even though you'll be on the uh, on the air. But why is this number down to two and a half at some spots? UCLA has not been tested. The toughest team they played was South Alabama. They were fortunate to win that game, Matt. Uh, is there any home field advantage at the Rose Bowl? I would say no. Not much. Uh, so Washington, under Kalen DeBoer, anywhere Kalen DeBoer goes, he covers. Eastern Michigan, Indiana, Fresno State, uh, you know, now at Washington, he is a covering machine. This line is scaring me. Why is it two and a half only because I think the world is going to see a Washington team on sale in their eyes. Circus sports open this one. I know Mitch Moss <laughs> at V Mitch Moss jumped on uh, Washington minus one. Don't blame him. I watched a popular show on V hosted by Tim Murray this week. And I think it was Brad powers. who came on and said, you don't even have to wait until Saturday. to cash this ticket. <laughs> I did bet Washington, right? Yeah. And uh, Washington was up to three and a half. Why is it now back down to two and a half? I don't know. Uh, anyway, there are some threes out there still, though, too. If you like, uh, if you like UCLA. So the Bruins have played one of the weakest schedules in the country to this point, and had to squeak by South Alabama on a last-second field goal at home. But look at, look at, and let's, uh, let's not forget. I don't forget. even want to say schedule strength because there's no strength in well, the. Well, and UCLA remember, schedule. week one, one of the worst beats. I don't know if worst beats. It was a bad beat if you had Bowling Green in that game because they were. They were oh, yeah. down to Bowling Green in the third no quarter. No doubt about it. So, it's again, it's a step up in class for UCLA. Washington's been tested. Kalen DeBoer's got Michael Penix playing at a high level. 
I'm going to bet Washington here. I'm going to lay the uh, two and a half for the cheap money line price. I'm going to bet that tonight. And Tim, you can tune in on VSIN Friday as I'm hosting the show. And when Washington's trailing, I'll be throwing stuff around the studio, <laughs> just like you do when you host the show and things aren't going your way. No! <laughs> cool, calm, and collected, Matt. Never, never. Game that you are intrigued by uh, includes your alma mater, Purdue. Going on the road to Minnesota, Purdue life and death with Florida Atlantic last week, but Aiden O'Connell did not play their starting quarterback. And now here comes the hype train on Minnesota. The Golden Gophers now 4-0, Matt. People saying they're the clear-cut favorite to come out of the West in the Big Ten. They beat Michigan State. Kudos. I think Michigan State might be really bad. Uh, They're an Uh, over a touchdown underdog on the road this week at Maryland. Uh, So now you're seeing Minnesota laying 12 against Purdue. Well, I think that's that's an information situation, right? With Aiden O'Connell. It looked like early in the week Aiden O'Connell was not going to play. Circus Sports opened that 8. It goes up to 12, 12 and a half. Looked like it was headed to 13. Uh, The information I got last night is that unless something – uh, unforeseen happens, Aiden O'Connell is going to start in this game Saturday. So I'm taking the 12 and a half here. And the Gophers, uh, uh, again, Tim, it's a, it's a case of a team playing a really weak non-conference schedule. You and I sat here two weeks ago and we said, hey, this is not the same Michigan State team mm-hmm. with Kenneth Walker. And that was before the Spartans went to Seattle and got their butts kicked. And then how often do you see a Michigan State team at home in East Lansing almost get shut out? That was the case last week. Now, you could say that's a sign that Minnesota's a lot better than expected. Uh, I would say if you made a number on this game, I didn't see any. It's not like this is a game of the year type of situation with Purdue at Minnesota. But if you made this number before the year, Tim, what would you make it? Minnesota, maybe six? Yeah, I would say around a touchdown because they're on the road. And, and, and Matt, I want to point something out, you know overreactions are something that you can play into, you know, why I'm playing Iowa state this week. I think the market has gone a little too nuts on Kansas. They're Uh a good team, but maybe they're not worthy of only being a three point underdog to Iowa state. Right. Purdue week one was right there with Penn state. Penn state State continues to impress. I had a three and a half ticket. No big deal. We we lost by four. (laughs) No, no, not a big deal at all. That's Should have won the game straight up. Late touchdown. And Penn state went down to Auburn one by 29. Penn state is a team that some people think can challenge Ohio state when they come to town. Mm -hmm. And that was a four point or three and a half point spread. And now Minnesota is laying 12. So if you do your, you know, math, it would be roughly nine on a neutral. And then you're saying Minnesota would be a six, five point favorite at Purdue. So I think this is an overreaction. If Aiden O'Connell is playing, I would ride with you. I would boil her up, hit that big ass drum. Chris Ottman Bell, also the leading receiver for Minnesota, is uh, has been lost for the year. Yeah. Something that uh, was pointed out last week. But, uh, you know, people are going to forget that their go-to receiver, a uh, really talented player, uh, he's done for the year. So I uh, wouldn't disagree whatsoever with you. This seems like market has gone a little too overboard on Minnesota here. Well, I'm just hoping the information I have is correct that O'Connell's going to play. If it is, I think you're getting a really good number here. A couple plays you still have out there. I'll get to one that I have, Matt. Uh, I think it's another letdown spot. Uh, it's Cal versus Washington State. I think this is a really tough spot for Washington State. Mm-hmm. They had that game one against Oregon. And anyone who took the points of Washington State, you deserve that cover. If anyone says that Oregon State was a bad beat, you should slap them in the face. Say, no, you were down 12 with four minutes to go, and you somehow were uh, in the cover zone. So 
happy for anyone who had Washington State uh, to cover in that game. But, Matt, how do you get back up from that after just having your guts ripped out? <laughs> and this Cal team's actually pretty good. It's, very, it's, it's improved offensively. 49-31 to 31 last week against yeah. Arizona. Jack O'Connell – or um, Jack Plummer, excuse me, uh, threw for three touchdowns. And this, uh, this running back, Jaden Ott, uh, no relation to our friend Jimmy Ott down in Baton Rouge. 274 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. And I'll tell you this, Matt, Washington State, uh, they are not great at stopping the pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 600 yards of offense by Oregon last week. And Cal's got a couple receivers. Jeremiah Hunter, 305 yards receiving already this week, uh, this year, I should say. J. Michael Sturdivant, uh, he had some success against Notre Dame. That Notre Dame close call, Matt, looks a little bit better now after their performance against Arizona. And then the final note, shout out to our friend the Bear again. Six seasons under Justin Wilcox, Cal 24-9 and ATS as an underdog with 13 outright wins and, of course, a 13.5-point underdog in South Bend and had an opportunity to force overtime or maybe win the game uh, on a Hail Mary. So I'm taking the four with Cal, and uh, I'll put a little on the money line, too, with the, with the Golden Bears. Oh, by the way, Washington State next week on the road to USC. So mm-hmm. could be looking ahead a little bit. Uh, give me Cal in an underdog role here on uh, on Saturday afternoon up at Washington State. Cal Bears team definitely looks like it's on upswing. Justin uh, Wilcox, one of the best defensive Very good coaches. Coach. I talked about Rocky Long, Jeff, uh, or Justin Wilcox right there in that same elite class. I think it is a tricky spot for Washington State. You're right. If you bet the Cougars took the points last week, that would have been a crime if oh. you didn't get the cover. Uh, so fortunately, it worked out that way. Yeah, it is a tricky spot for uh, for state here, and I would lean Cal, uh, but I have not played this game right now. Uh, I'm not sure anybody else picked up on that, but Tim called him Jack O'Connell, and last year Jack Plummer was the backup to Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. So very good. Put Tim. them all together. I like how you did that. That was pretty good. <laughs> I just have Purdue always on my mind. All right, let's get to a couple games that you've played, uh, and one that I actually played mm-hmm. early on in this week, and my partner Sean King called me crazy. Um, when Nebraska was under a field goal uh, at open, Matt, I had to take the Cornhuskers. Indiana's terrible. I laid uh, the two. I laid, I think I got two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it opened one, and it immediately went to five, I think, here at Circa. I didn't even see it open one. I thought it opened two. That it, was the first number I saw. It, it, yeah. yeah, it was the first play I had of the week. Uh, I laid it with the corn night game there. I know I, I was... I was on Nebraska with you against Oklahoma. It was a disaster. But Indiana, folks, they're that bad. And I'll point this out. Indiana, I don't think, had really much business beating Illinois. I don't think they had business beating Western Kentucky. So uh, give me the boys Indiana from Lincoln. Indiana trailed Idaho at halftime. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, Matt, let me ask you this, because you laid it early. The number right now. Four and a half or five. Yeah, is uh, five and a half out there, too. What would be your stop point? Do you think anything under a touchdown? I think Nebraska has a chance to blow them out. I think Nebraska should win this game by double digits. They should. I mean, you had a week off. Cornhuskers had a week off to regroup after the Oklahoma embarrassment. Hey, Indiana is not Oklahoma. (laughs) And the Hoosiers don't win on the Big Ten road too often. I was really surprised that Circus Sports opened this number. You said one. I I think it was one. I saw Nebraska two. That was the first number. I said, wow, less than a field goal. It was two. You're right. It was two. It was two. I made Nebraska a six-point favorite in this game, and I probably would have still laid it. I think the situation sets up off the bye week for the Huskers. You're going to get their best effort. Like I said, Indiana is not known to be a team that plays well on the road. And 
You're still talking about a Nebraska team. I know the preseason numbers were wrong, Tim, but Nebraska's season win total was seven and a half. Indiana's season win total, what, four? I played under four and a half. And uh, I'm sweating it right now because they won three games already. <laughs> the, yeah, two of those, Indiana should not have beat Illinois, should not have beat Western Kentucky. I think it was Bill Conley who, uh, after three games, looked at where teams should be, you know, have they exceeded or, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, underachieved. And Indiana, after three games, had exceeded win expectancy by 1.6 games, mm-hmm. which is just, as an under four and a half ticket holder, makes you feel f- phenomenal inside. Warm and fuzzy right there. <laughs> so uh, do do me a solid here, Nebraska. Take care of business. Uh, and then uh, the last one we'll hit on here, Matt. Auburn and LSU. Uh, you have backed LSU. You backed them a couple weeks ago. I agreed, and they took care of business. They beat Mississippi State at home. Uh, Auburn is ready to fire uh, their head coach, Brian Harson. Uh, if Missouri's running back doesn't drop the ball running into the end zone, maybe they do uh, fire Brian Harson. So I got to imagine not many people are racing to take the points at home for Auburn, but is this a spot, Matt? where it's just a little bit too much. You're looking at eight points for Auburn at home against LSU. Yeah, and a couple days ago, this number was nine, and it looked like it was headed to 10. And uh, I was on with Mitch and Paul and followed the money, and I said, I'm taking Auburn plus nine. And I I put about a half unit bet on it because I thought maybe, hey, this is going to go to 10. Nobody's going to want to bet Auburn. And don't kid yourself, Brian Harson's done, no matter what happens. Auburn's three and one, ugly wins against San Jose, uh, Missouri, it's just an offense that's got nothing going on right now. 217 total yards. I think Robbie Ashford, Robbie Ashford could make a difference. You had to get T.J. Finley out of there at quarterback. Robbie Ashford is a 6'3", dual-threat freshman who's got a chance to maybe mature and grow up a little bit. Tank's, Tank Bigsby still one of the best running backs in the SEC, but you can stack the box right now. He has not been that effective. I'm going on trends here. And a little bit of information that, and this is not going to surprise you, Tim. I've heard from two insiders that these LSU players absolutely hate Brian Kelly. <laughs> and it's not just, you know, J- Jaden Daniels probably likes him because he made him a yeah. starting quarterback yeah. and he's reviving his career a little bit. But I'm, I'm told the whole team hates Kelly and they don't want to play for him. And everybody inside the building in the athletic department hates Brian Kelly. Oh. So there's a lot of negativity going on. Hey, but if Kelly wins this game, he's 4-1 with a one-point loss. I still say he's a great coach. Point spread history here. It's a series history in conference. LSU does not play well at Auburn. You go back 10 years, LSU is 2-3 and three at Auburn. The wins by 2 and 1 point. The losses by 34, 37, and 5 points. I think this is an Auburn team. Let's say hey, a couple weeks ago, Auburn's a 3-point home dog to Penn State. Now it's eight to LSU. I took the nine with Auburn. I'll say still take the eight, eight and a half. I'll go with the home dog here. There's not much to like, but sometimes you got to play these ugly home dogs. Yeah, AJ McCarron said this week that he had already been fired, Brian Harson. Oh, he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he, done. he won't be coming back, uh, but uh, maybe he'll get uh, a seven-point loss for Matt, and uh, that'll make him happy. Uh, let's get to uh, a recap here of our top plays. Best bet recap. All right, Matt, I will run through mine real quickly again. Uh, took the four with Cal 
on the Palouse, a letdown spot there. Um, I'm with you on Mississippi State, uh, but I'm going to pair it with Iowa State. Uh, Moneyline parlay plus 165 there, so hopefully we can cash a little plus money. Uh, some smaller plays. I mentioned Nebraska. I laid it early in the week, so it doesn't count for you over the podcast. Um, I took 22 at Texas State. That's a hold your nose, hold on to your butt special there. James Madison coming off a huge win over Appalachian State. I think Wes Reynolds wrote that up for VEASAN.com. And then uh, haven't decided yet on Friday, but uh, a lean on, uh, on UTSA would probably go Moneyline. A little nervous just because of the injuries uh, that they have. So that would be my uh, my plays this week. Matt, your plays? All right, we're going Arkansas plus 17 and a half, Iowa plus 11. Uh, Tim, those are going to be the half unit plays this week. Okay? Oh, I'm also, I'll, I'll join you on Iowa for a smaller play too. Yeah. yeah. It's hard what to, could go wrong? It's hard to bet too much on uh, Iowa. Arkansas and Iowa, half unit, big home dogs. We're going with uh, Oregon State plus 10.5, Mississippi State minus 3, Nebraska will say minus 5, Auburn plus 8, Purdue plus 12.5. All right, there you go. Those are Matt's plays. Uh, Adam Burke has chimed in, uh, and he is uh, rolling with uh, all MAC teams. No, I'm just kidding. That was uh, that was uh, <laughs> Matt Newman's uh, prediction there. I said one Sunbelt team. Yeah, too. he yeah. is going with uh, the Washington Huskies on Friday night. Okay. Uh, lay the two and a half there. Uh, he is going. He's very patriotic this week. He's going with Army against Georgia State. Felt like this was a really bad situational spot for the Panthers, who are still winless, by the way. Uh, he is going to lay the seven and a half with Army. He's also going to take the over in Navy Air Force, which actually has been the move so far this week, Matt. This opened as low as 34 and a half at Circa Sports. It has bet up to 38. He will lay the take the over there uh, in Navy and Air Force. And then he is going, I actually like this play. We didn't talk about this game. He's riding with... The fighting Brett Bielemas is going to take the seven on the road at Wisconsin. A uh, 11 a.m. local kick there up at Camp Randall, Wisconsin, coming off the loss there. Uh, I don't hate that bet. I think they could run the ball against Wisconsin. Bielema obviously is, uh, has history with the Badgers. So uh, Adam Burke riding with the Illinois Illini on the road catching the seven. 